Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com, and don't forget about the banner over the Outdoorline.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Got a huge show today, Pyburn, huge, huge, I say. <laughs> I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Pyburn, of course, joining me, Joel Martin of FishBaronoff.com, our dear friend Phil Spielgene of Yamaha Outboards, and reaching down into Craig, Alaska. Our, our Sergeant Hulka, our big toe, Rob Ensley. Good morning, Robbo. Good morning, morning buddy. You guys, can you see me? I, you see the smoke? Almost. Almost. I'm looking at this. The it, sun it, is, yeah. is, is it? It's hard to see with all the sun. Is it here. cloudy oh, down there? Gorgeous. Well, yeah, I, I'm looking at some blue stuff. I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know quite what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's blue sky here. It's a, it's a stunner down here, man. Last couple of days have just been wow, unbelievable. Thank God run this week of horrendous, hideous weather down here. So, uh, sunshine and, and some fish to go along with it how you guys doing up there man I, I, did i hear you're going home today joe or something yeah i'm not uh, excited yeah. about it but yeah so last oh, night man. in town we're, we're walking around <laughs> in shorts and flip-flops in sitka i, know. I mean i think yeah. i think they just flipped san diego and sitka because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's wild because the, the weather back home i guess you know talking to yeah. talking to kathy last night it was, you know, pretty nice, and they're expecting a nice weekend in western Washington, which I'm thrilled about. But the weather we've had up here, and this is my 30th year up here in Sitka, I don't remember a stretch this flat and this sunny and this warm for this long. It's It's been, the weather's been amazing. And the fishing's been fishing's unreal. Been. So, yeah, at this point. Yeah, you guys are getting some nice halibut, too. I saw a picture of a nice halibut up there. Nice, Nicely done. Well, Phil Spielgene here was the beneficiary of, of some of Joel Martin's uh, inside info with regard to some spots. And Phil pulled off the over 50-pound halibut, yes. the lingcod, the king, one. and, of course, the elusive black rockfish all in the one day. The Grand Slam. The Grand, the Grand Slam. Slam. Southeast Alaska. Nice. Well, if nice you're, you're going to catch something. Yeah, if you're going to catch something, you know me. You just go yeah. for it. And, <laughs> and, and I don't want to talk about the number of hours of absolutely squadoosh catching to get to that. So we'll, we'll celebrate the wins. We're on, top of, we're on top of the podium. We'll talk about that. One thing about Nelly, there's, there's no bad days with Nelly. Things just no. go out the window, and, you, and you, yeah, you're, we're, we're focusing on the positive. But that's outstanding. Uh, it sounds like some salmon showing up, up that way uh, here, too, and also uh, the Columbia River. Uh, just got bumped again. Another extension to the Spring Chinook fishery down there. Another 11 days on the Columbia, the lower Columbia, with a couple more above Bonneville. Runs are coming in pretty strong. Hopefully those North Puget Sound rivers uh, see some good action here, too, in the, in the next week. I think the Sky Comish opens next weekend, uh, followed by the Skagit in the North Sound. So hopefully those Puget Sound Chinook follow suit. You know, fingers crossed that that uh, we see some better runs coming into Puget Sound, too, on the on the back end of this big Spring Chinook run down the Columbia River, you guys. 
that's that's exactly what I'm hoping for too. And of course, we got Austin Mosher coming up later this hour. We're gonna you know talk a little Columbia River and kind of look forward to his season that he's gonna have down there. He's been working the the, the warm water front, the bass, the walleye. He's been into an insane sturgeon bite on the middle Columbia, and then uh, and then Robo, yeah, as uh, as you pointed out, we were all just hoping you know for for those. Puget Sound runs to manifest themselves. Top of the seven o'clock hour, of course. That's Todd Daniels, Todd Daniels. forte, and 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 to, you talked to Todd a couple times this week, and, and he's all fired up for that opener, which I do believe is next weekend. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be out on the Sky Comish, uh, dragging some salmon eggs around, and I'll probably get back and get everything straightened out at work, and and uh, and jump on and do a little deck handing with Todd. So you see, you see that, Robbo. He he just he jumps off my boat and he's gonna go jump on Todd Listen, Daniels' boat. I, he's, he's the ultimate boat hoe. So we got listen. We, you mentioned Austin Moser. We got Austin jumping on here at six twenty-five. Talk about that sturgeon fishery down there as well as some walleye, and then he'll be up in Sitka with you guys as well uh, pretty quick here. And then Todd, uh, seven o'clock. Todd's gonna jump on that. The, the Sky Comish is opening next Saturday. And no one knows it better than Todd Daniels. So Todd from Tall Tales Guide Service, 7 o'clock. And then 725, Del Stevens, the tuna dog himself, uh, is going to come on the show. Uh, talk about his seminar coming up at Sportco, uh, as well as uh, some of the new fish mappings from SiriusXM. And, and uh, kind of all the stuff that goes into to set, getting set up for a, a great tuna day off the coast. Uh, because as random as it is offshore, there's actually a lot that those guys do ahead of time to figure out where those darn things are. Uh, offshore there's a lot of online resources too to get folks dialed in so uh, and those are the guests we got coming up and when the tuna get a hold of you you start looking at sea surface temps sometime right around yeah. christmas yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know and and it is funny with these guys there but the the interesting aspect is i've turned on that fish mapping around here and, there, and there's coverage clear up to southeast alaska so it it's in some of the stuff we do, it's not nearly as applicable as it is tuna, but it's still interesting. It's still informative, and it still kind of tells you, you know, the position of plankton fronts. And, and without having a series of years to understand how that correlates to run timings, I, I mean, I'm just looking at stuff I don't know about yet. But, you know, give give us a little bit of time. We'll get that one figured out, too. Dell also wanted to point out that uh, this is going to be one of Dell's long-form fully tuna emeritus seminars that's going to probably run about three hours but if you are in the least bit interested in tuna you got to get down to sport code today at 11 and uh the, the old tuna dog himself is going to be uh going to going to be definitely laying it down joel martin fish this is this is two show two of three of, of three live from the nerve center of, of fish and of course the totem square hotel nerve uh, center nerve center it is a nerve center <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and when you nervous have center. 10 of your yeah when you when you have 10 boats out with guys that you're just learning it's definitely stepping on nerves with, with some of these guys but but your customers are having a great time they're coming they're bringing fish to the dock in this weather who can yeah it's been great yeah. it's a great spring it's a great start um hopefully memorial day weekend uh, is the same way <laughs> um yeah it's it's the fishing's great i i can't can't complain it's everybody's catching good halibuts the rockfish lots of salmon um everything's running good so far for the season got lots of good equipment um it's gonna be a great year a lot I'm of excited. moving parts a lot yeah, of moving parts operation like this so tell me how tell me how cool it is though to have the team yamaha up here fishing with us 
and just you know their insight into their product and and, and the reliability built in each one of those. Yeah, products. that's great. I can turn them loose with a boat that needs to be finished, broken in. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the experience. Yes, uh, I think we need to tighten this up. Uh, this doesn't go here, but no, it was, the the boat was fantastic. It goes to show you that. Some guys from far, far away can show up and get the support that they need and have equipment that works and is reliable and is consistent between boat to boat for you and for everybody else. And you can go out there and, and we caught fish for two days. And it it's just a testament to, to all of the moving pieces, like Joey said, that are here that you have to line up and then just this incredible place that you get to go out into. I didn't realize that you, you turned him loose with a brand new motor. And I did, and he got to hear it break yeah, in, we got too. To listen, to it, listen to it break in, so it's nice to see those motors born from molten metallics and into something like so this to run around. What, yeah. what do you listen for? That's interesting because I've never really considered that. Well, I noticed that out on the boat that the guys like to go on. They're on the transom running. Yeah, they, they like to listen to the motors. Well, absolutely. You know, you guys spend how many hours of running and trolling, yeah. and you're just listening. It's a, there's a lot of feel to it, and that that transitions even over to when you're listening to a motor break in and run for the very first times. The harmonics, the sounds of it. You know, there's noises, and then there's sounds. Yes. And and yeah. sounds are beautiful. <laughs> noises. <laughs> but I have to. I have ten of these boats, and right. every one of them has had a distinct noise of some sort through its. Uh, I got mm-hmm. boat. I got a one boat that sounds like an orca when it goes through the water. Oh, and it, every engine, every boat's a little bit different. So I got to work through all those and learn what they do. And they talk to you. They tell a story a little yeah. bit, you know. And and so the boat we got in yesterday, day before, was was. Brand new, couple hours on it, fantastic. And as we ran it the way that it was intended to be broken in and ran it, you could start hearing the things kind of settling in, and, and and the harmonics get smoother, and it's just a little less aggressive. Everybody starts to get copacetic with the way we need to go and the harmonics, especially in in an aluminum boat. You notice that more even than a fiberglass boat. So that's kind of one of the things we talk about, and one of the things that you listen for hours and hours on a boat listening to those things. It, it, it'll tell you. Your motor is telling you things. It does, you should it listen to it. And when it's telling you a story that, that maybe you haven't heard before, you need to listen to what it's telling you. And it might be saying, hey guys, you know, you just ran me 15,000 hours or whatever it is, right? I, I mean, we, we we listen to our engines, mm-hmm. for sure. But I, I've never really heard it described that way before. That's so. That's why it's always fascinating to get you behind a microphone because you've, you know, as much, I mean, I got a thousand hours behind this set, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I notice there there are different harmonics mm-hmm. at, at different points in its career, if you will. But uh, but but I've never really considered the fact that you can hear an engine break in. That's you can hear an engine break in. You can hear a propeller start to not be as efficient as yeah. it was in the past. Like your propellers, I could hear the hours on them from when I got on it the first time at 500 hours and where it is now. And I said, ooh, we need to do a little problem. I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm not enjoying right now is the sound of the cash register when I go to the fuel dock and pay that 550 <laughs> or 525 for whatever it is we're paying now. It's like, ooh, yikes. Uh, yeah, the fuel prices. Luckily, these these engines we got nowadays. I mean, imagine paying this, uh, Phil. You know, 10, 12, 15 years ago when these engines weren't as efficient. I mean, these engines we got now are just just incredible. Um, I can't I can't imagine running these things a while ago. There's no way we wouldn't even be in business the way these engines used to run years and years ago. But uh, <laughs> oh, back, yeah, back in the two-stroke days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. man. So. Yeah. But let, let's pop out of here for a quick break. When we come back, 
I we did start talking about a specific aspect that will work across all outboards. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting technology and something we're definitely going to dive into. Meanwhile, uh, make sure you uh, text us up this morning, 206-421-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. Uh, so, let's yeah, let's definitely definitely dig into that. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. We'll be right back here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Tom Nelson here coming to you on location from scenic Sitka, Alaska, fishbaronoff.com, Totem Square Hotel. Joey Pyburn, who's leaving us today because the weather's too nice and the fishing's too good. Joel Martin, who uh, is going to be here with me again doing the show next week. Phil Spielgeen, product development, Yamaha Corporate. Rob Ensley coming at us from Craig, Alaska. Robbo, let's let's talk propellers here for a minute. How often do you have your wheels in to get serviced? Is that an annual? Is that a biannual? As far as my props or the engines? I mean, engines, I just did a... Oh, I mean, these are stainless props, man. I mean, unless you unless you ding something, um, you know, what do you got to do, Phil, to get these things in and get them serviced? I mean, we, you know, by the time these things are ready to service, we're ready to turn the engines over and put new power on the boat anyway. So, um, you know, every five, six years, we're rolling the motors over, uh, if not sooner. Um you know, we might even roll them over under warranty. So we, you know, we really don't get to the point with these big stainless props to where we're tuning them up, you know. Yeah, here in, especially in the waters that you guys run in the Pacific Northwest, beautiful, clear, not full of lots of particulate particulates and things like that. You're going to get more hours out of a pro outlet. If you're in the situation like a lot of guys that are running Gulf Coast reasons when you went down there, it's just, just a big... Sand, sand solution sand that box. you're running through and i'll i'll take it stainless well give you an idea on our, our little flats boat i think we put maybe 30 hours on the last prop until it was gone it wouldn't it didn't even wow. hardly want to plane out of it you know and just hmm. but it's running through the extreme other end of the of the spectrum of of yeah. conditions that you would run it through albeit not running it through uh unmovable objects obviously yeah. right <laughs> like um so you, what you'll start hearing is a little more harshness. Maybe you'll you'll see some, to your point a minute ago, fuel economy starts to go out. Because what you're doing is wearing the back of that cup out. And what's wearing it out is the cavitation bubble that is collapsing at the tip. So it's that little grind or the growl that you hear. So depending on what height you run it at, what trim angle you run it at, can greatly change how that how the wear time even on a stainless propeller of how much you just imagine it's a, a bubble that starts at the barrel and runs right down the tip and then collapses right at the cup at the end and it's like a pin-sized jackhammer hammering the end of the tip so any you, little turbulence yeah. in there can also make that get worse and worse and worse uh, is there an hour time? No, that's one of those things that you, you listen for, you hear for, you feel. You can see, ah, I noticed in Tom's boat a lot more bubbles than I had the last time, and I could feel mm. that growl a little bit. I'm, Man, we need to cup these a little bit. Or, gotcha. or did you have them? Maybe they were overcut. There's some something has changed. It's gotcha. telling me something's changed, right? Now you mentioned trim, Phil. Mm -hmm. You know, for folks that that run outboards, where do they want to trim their engine? Because I've I've heard all kinds of stuff about proper trim, especially when you're up on plane and, and getting the best fuel economy. Where do they want to be? It's 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 one of those moving targets almost depending on how your boat is loaded to the sea state and and how it's going you'll you'll find that sweet spot on your trim gauge oh this is right at three bars because you'll 
I, I tell people, you, you can go ahead and trim the boat up until you can hear it start to cavitate yeah. and slip a little bit. Yeah. And then it's going to say, okay, I'm losing some speed. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just gain, I'm just burning additional fuel that is costing me additional money, right? And then you can just bring that trim down and find that state of where it is humming. And, and again, we're talking about sound a lot on the radio here. It's a sound that you hear. It's a feeling that you it's hear. It's a sound so it's, or a it's, fuel. Right. It's a sound or a fuel. So it, it's... It's varying on every time. That's why that button's right on the end of the binnacle, so you can continue to run it without moving your hand off the throttle as you you play with that throttle of the trim, and and then you can use the tabs as a band aid to mm-hmm. get that. You know, I've got a I've got a couple of big old guys like I see on Tom's boat all the way on the left hand side. You're going to need to go ahead and level that boat, and that's where those trim tabs come in. People also, often when they get trim tabs, they start using those as a as a, a aid too early until before they actually get the trim angle set on the motor. Where you get into a lot of prop problems is when guys run too much trim angle, or if any, I don't see them around here, but if they have a jack plate or a lift plate, and they start to get real high engine heights, then they start potentially surface piercing the prop. It's coming out of the water and it's piercing again. And things like the SDS hub system and a Yamaha propeller, the dampening systems, they don't, like to be, they don't like to be surface pierced. They're super durable, but if you do that all the time and you run it that way, and they'll run really good that way, like in a bass boat, and that you'll have a solid mounted hub to it because it can it withstand that surface pierce. So Robbo and I then have been proceeding under a false assumption with regard to you don't have to do anything with stainless props. So I'm hearing from you that it may almost be an annual take it in. Like to me, I work with a prop shop, you know, and it'd be you know, just. Uh, off out of Muckleteal, mm-hmm. I think is yep. is where they're from, and, and they do great work. Right, but is that something? So when I get back, that's the first thing I'm going to do, Ben. I'm going to pop those props off and, and and get them in, get them checked. But you started mm-hmm. a conversation about Shero. Shero mm-hmm. props mm-hmm. are are fairly new to the market, and right. they're a loop style blade. Correct. Is that a correct uh, description? I believe that is how that would be described correctly. Yes, and they're boasting fuel savings. 20, 20%? Yeah. Um, numbers are numbers and data yes. are data on these yes. things. And, and, and propping, again, it's one of those movies. It, the way that I talk about propping, it's, it's like gearing on any kind of ATV or motorcycle or something like that. You change the sprocket size. You change the, It's like changing the, the pitch. It's like changing the sprocket or, or changing the gearing on your stuff. So you have to, you have to continually play with that. You know? And so when you take your props back in... It, it, and, and, and traditional three-blade propellers also have a much wider operational window than, say, like a Shero propeller. It's a much more focused, targeted thing. So when you get those big gains that they have on there, and I've seen them, and people sure. have seen them, they're great. Um, it's a little it's a little different than, say, just your standard three-blade because it's just more tolerant of different running-type situations, right? But then when you get it dialed in that sweet spot, you start getting that stuff. And that's where, to your point, working with a prop shop, knowing your stuff can can help you tune what is a incredible quality stainless propeller. And it doesn't matter the brand of it. You know, you can take those things and have them. They come in full inch pitch increments, but maybe you need a 15 and a half. Gotcha. Right? And that's something that you can work with with a prop shop over time. The durability of a stainless propeller is tremendously more than aluminum. Ever, we know that, and, and and the pricing shows that, and everything else shows that. It's not just because. So you get a lot more runtime out of those than you would get some of the other materials out there. But it's still something ma- we we preach maintenance matters, and it's still one of those things that that's telling the whole story of what your engine's doing on the back of the boat, that, and and it all adds up to a cumulative miles per gallon. We we spend so much time on fuel economy these yeah, days. And, yeah. just, and and it's not just economy. Economy is also clean combustion. It's just better, more efficient running. And, and you know, efficiency is my favorite word. So <laughs> fishing efficiency is my favorite. What, what was it? A year ago, we talked about fishing efficiency. I think yeah. I coined it right here in this room. Uh, a year ago, it just dawned on me. But 
Yeah, all of those things kick together working in unison is what really makes that a complete package. And propellers are something that people quite often overlook. Like, oh, this is on the back, it's running. That, that maybe in these days of tightening restrictions could keep you out on the water another two or three hours for the same amount of nickels that you pull it's out of penny bait. It's like letting your tires get, mm-hmm. you know, you're running your truck with bald tires. You Ex- know, you, exactly. Your, your fuel economy goes down. Um, you got to keep, keep those... Uh, you know, those props tuned up. Noise goes up. You notice that you can't run quite as high of a trim angle. You notice that you're not getting out of the hole quite as fast, or you're spending a little more time at the higher RPM. And, and you know, you do it every Saturday. Okay, that's one thing. You do it every day. Yeah. Or one of these yeah. uh, larger boats. Now you're doing it two times for two motors or three times for three motors. It, it, it adds up. How does that change your thinking, Robbo, with regard to props and, and, and messing, them, messing them around with them, get them checked? Again, again, I just don't see doing it every, I mean, you know, we roll these things over every few years and I just don't gotcha. see yeah. sending them in unless, unless you ding something. And, and if you ding a stainless prop, that's a bad deal. Oh um, yeah. It'll throw it off big time. So, but, but no, and, and, uh, the one thing though, that does come to mind is there's no props right now. I mean, it, yeah. there's no nothing, <laughs> there's just nothing anywhere. So, you know, you're better off sending them in and getting them tuned up. Uh, than trying to find new ones right now. So, so the prop shop there, I've sent stuff to them in the past. They do a great job uh, down there in Mukilteo. Uh, they have props that come in from all over the West Coast out uh, of that shop, and um, they do a great job. So, you know, I think if I was needing some some work, I'd definitely send it into them. Uh, you know, because the because of the availability of props right now is so difficult. Yeah, I hear you. Everything there, everything right now is difficult. Uh, I wanted to. Run that by us again, Robbo. Run that by us again. You dropped out, brother. Oh, what did you think about that link cod, Phil? You got a nice link up there. What uh, what was that like? Did it fight? Did it not fight? What uh, what did it do? Well, you know, we were we were absolutely crushing the rockfish in this uh, in the secret location that I did not (laughs) top secret that I did not accidentally take uh, five pictures so I can have the waypoint of that at some point in the future. Uh, Man, link cod was awesome. I've been dreaming about that. You know, we talked about it when I was up in uh, Seattle earlier this year, and it fought like I wanted it to fight. You know, you could tell immediately this was not a little rock bass on here. This joker it pulled some drag it liked to fight it yeah. it got close to the boat and said no i, I don't want to join you guys it looks mm-hmm. like a fantastic uh, boat there but i'm going to go back to the bottom and i i didn't like that so i brought it on board and it joined us yesterday mm-hmm. that, that was a hundred percent puget pounder yeah. drill robbo okay. oh yeah we're, we're using yeah. the uh, bubba's new puget pounder prototype uh, jig sticks yeah. The, yeah. and those are amazing they're great oh, sticks. they're sweet oh yeah, yeah. they're sweet yeah they're hand, sure. handling so. and and that was a berkeley fusion jig too wasn't it no, it wasn't. No, that was a Puget no. Pounder jig. No, yeah, that was a straight-up Puget Pounder jig. That's I right. just, uh, the, the old drill dropped at the bottom, roll up a few cranks, wow. and swim it along. So we're going to pop out here for a quick break. We're going to get the Columbia River perspective here. We haven't had Austin on for a while, and he's headed up this way. I think probably be here in about a week or something, right? But be- yep. But before he gets here, he's going to give us a lowdown on Central Washington bass, walleye, what's going on in that Central Columbia, and look forward to uh, hopefully some uh, salmon runs coming up that Columbia River right here next. The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by BOMAC here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710, Seattle Sports app. Joe Pyburn, Joel Martin, Phil Spielgey in the Yamaha Outboards, Rob Ensley coming at us from Craig, Alaska, and, and I'm guessing somewhere in the, uh, in the, in the greater Wenatchee area, none other than Austin Mosier, Austin's NorthwestAdventures.com. Good morning, Austin. How are you, buddy? 
Good morning, fellas. How's the weather uh, up there? <laughs> when you when you come up, you you better bring similar weather because, dude, we've been on a streak. But that's not been oh, the man. case in 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 Washington. You would expect, you know, for instance, in Moses Lake, water temperature is about 10 degrees more than what you got right now. And, and you used the term confused uh, <laughs> describing the bass bite yesterday. So so what's going on, buddy? Yeah, we're, our water temps are down probably 10 degrees uh, from normal. And so the bass aren't really up on their beds. Uh, the the walleye have, have done their spawn, but I think some of them are still not spawned yet and 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 that is not so the grass and the weeds haven't grown up for cover for the walleye and things like that so it's been tough uh it's crazy it's it's not a normal year for us and 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 it seems like all over washington it's the same thing it's not a normal year so we're all reacting to what we're given and trying to make things uh happen and so uh we've been doing some sturgeon fishing we always kind of do some sturgeon fishing around this time of year it's been really good this year, so I've uh, been kind of transitioning into that when the walleye bites tough and giving guys options uh, to, to go after those big fish if they want to, and, and we've been having success with that. It's been a lot of fun. So, Is that up and, in the mid-river, up, up in the middle river there, or whereabouts are you, you know, roughly, Austin? Yeah, uh, well, I live in Wenatchee, so uh, mm-hmm. i got a great fishery for sturgeon right here. Uh, in my backyard, so I don't have to leave my house really, other than about twenty minute drive to the boat launch. So we're nice. in the Upper Columbia around Wenatchee area, so it's mm-hmm. been pretty. And good. you and you, men- and you mentioned big fish, Austin. Uh, we talked yesterday, yeah. and, and uh, there's like a shoulder harness involved. He said, you said uh, some of the yeah. even some big burly guys jump on the boat, and after twenty minutes, they're screaming that they they need their shoulder <laughs> harness. How big how big are some of those fish you're catching? Uh, you know, the one we got the other day was eight foot 11, but he was uh, 47 wow. inch girth. Jeez. So Jeez. What? Oh, <laughs> Sounds like go. Hey, you just got news. <laughs> you just got news too. that Lake Roosevelt's going to open in, in June. Also for sturgeon. How's that going? I mean, and, and the keeper slot up there is 50 to 63 inches. Those are big sturgeon, man. Um, how's that going the last couple of years up that way? Yeah, you know, so uh, I guided that up there for three years. Um, it, it was a good fishery as far as numbers of fish, but getting keepers was a challenge in the time frame that I could be there. Um, so I would go, it usually opened around the 15th of June, and I would stay until I would come back down to the Brewster Pool to start Chinook and, and sockeye fishing the 1st of July. So uh, it can be really good um, as far as killing them, you know, we would have great days and then we'd have a bunch of days where we just caught a bunch of fish and we didn't kill any. And, and a lot of those fish are smaller mm-hmm. fish. You know, you're catching those undersized fish and a, and a few oversized fish, but most of them were undersized and uh, it's a long ways to travel for undersized sturgeon for me. Uh, Cause it's still a, a, a three hour drive to, to uh, kettle falls is where we would fish out of. Um, so, but guys do really well a little bit later in the year. The guys that stick around that are locals that don't come down and salmon guide or they take time out of their salmon season to do that sturgeon up there in July um, and uh, in August uh, have, have pretty good success. So um, it, it's, it's a pretty, pretty fun fishery, and uh, it's nice to be able to get those sturgeon on the table because they are very good eating. So, so you uh, have to be excited when you look at these dam counts, Austin. We're, we're just under uh, 
26,000 over the dam at Bonneville. Um, you know, what's what's your summer going to look like? You know, I am uh, I'm getting excited for the sockeye season that's coming. Uh, we have a run prediction for, for the Upper Columbia of 198,000, I think it is, 198,000 uh, sockeye. So, People love sockeye fishing. I love sockeye fishing. It's just a lot of action. Uh, you get all the, I get a lot of kids out on the boat. And, you know, as you know, it's, it's salmon fishing for kids can be uh, a little bit of a, a chore on the kids. If you're not catching all the time, they get, uh, they get a little bit antsy in the boat. So sockeye <laughs> get a little is a great squirrely. way to get them out there. Yeah. Yeah. Get them out there and just get some, get, get a, a, a rod that's shaking in their hand and, and let them reel them in. So, um, we're really excited for the sockeye season. We got a, a decent run prediction for our summer Chinook. Um, we're going to really concentrate on those the first couple of weeks of, of July because that's when it's really, really good. Uh, seems like them fish come into the river and, and they stack up in where we're fishing and uh, they're very active and aggressive in the beginning. And then boom, we jump right into sockeye and, and, uh, that's, that's a fun one. Um, you guys have been seeing the numbers on these sockeye or not sockeye, but on the spring Chinook. Holy yeah, God, this is a yeah. this is a large year. I'm telling you what. Eleventh uh, best run since eleventh best run since 1980. So we're starting to we're starting to trip back up again here, man. We were in the toilet the last couple of years, and now we're going straight up again. So it's it's great news, man. Uh, we've been watching it like a hawk, and it's uh, pretty exciting, yeah. dude. Yeah, they've adjusted yeah, that up to uh, predicting at like 180,000 spring spring chinook at this point. Yummy. Wow, that's so many. <laughs> they're, saying, they're saying like 9,000 fish or something like that to the Icicle River out of Leavenworth, which is Jeez. insane. <laughs> Small river. Wow. Hopefully it doesn't get overpressured by 10,000 boats, you know what I mean? But but what a fun fishery that is, too. So um, I am so looking forward to getting up there to Sitka. Uh, I've been jealous. Uh, you don't. It's no fun. Stuff. You won't have any fun. <laughs> no, no. So Austin, is this your third year up here? At least your third. Third season. Yeah. Third season. Yeah. Austin's third. Yeah. So his training wheels are off now. Training wheels are off. But but tell us about the progression because I'm you know I I'd never forget your first year and I think maybe the first year of our, our boat you know the thirty footer at the new Duckworth and and then uh, and you you jump in and then you know year two you got things fired up what what do you what do you do or or what are you most fired up about year three as you you kind of unlock your own Sitka experience buddy. Well, you know, we come up there as a vacation, you know. I come up there just to have fun, get away, and do some things that I had never really done before. And, uh, you know, I fish a lot, so so I catch on pretty quick. And, and uh, last year I spent 14 days on the water up there, and holy cow, did I learn a lot. And uh, and, and I had learned a lot from the year before. So I'm I'm just jacked up. I love catching catching big fish that's what i've always based my career on is big fish and and sick alaska's just chock full of big fish big halibut big lingcod big salmon uh, you know big rockfish it's just it's just an awesome fishery and uh we're excited you know i i just really can't wait to get up there i'm that's all I can think about at this point. <laughs> all right, buddy. Bug you guys, because you're out fishing, and I'm I'm always wanting reports and seeing how things are going. But you guys are fishing every day, so uh, it's 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 an awesome fishery. So yeah, I look forward to having you up here, buddy, for sure. We'll uh, we'll 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 make a dent. We'll we'll sit down and kind of 
you know, I'll, I'll, we'll definitely lay down what we figured out so far. And, 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 it, and it's different this year for us. The, the, the salmon fishing seems to be from town south down into the Bjorka group and that kind of stuff. And then the better ah. bottom fishing for us this year is, is straight out to north. And uh, so we, you know, we don't get both species both days, uh, except for Phil over here, the, oh, yeah. the trend yeah. breaker. We got a king, a ling, a black rock, and a, and a and a beautiful big halibut yesterday too. So, all right, Austin Mosier. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, you you got one more week to work, and then you're going to be up here. But but we thank you for your time this morning and keep in touch, my friend. All right, thanks for having me. Good luck up there. All, all right, Austin. thanks, Austin. Later, man. Later, Austin. All right. Coming up next, Ray Marine Picks of the Week here, right smack dab in the, in, in, in the well, third week of May now. Here we go. You, you sure you, sure you got to leave, cow. Joey? You sure you got to leave? You're positive? I, jo- lo- I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love mine, too. And, and she, I just can't come home yet because she says, That's listen, the you, only thing you don't I have enough say. halibut yet. I love yet. my wife. <laughs> I have to go home now. I have to go yeah. home now. Ray Marine Picks of the Week coming up next here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Marine Electronics are safety gear. They get you on the fish. They get you back safe. There are eyes on our ears up here. When you use your gear daily, you, you learn how important it is to you. Go check out Ray Marine Electronics, raymarine.com, that brand new Lighthouse 4 operating system. You will be a better angler for it. Joey Pyburn, what do you got, buddy? Puget Sound Ling, still yes. still just cranking down there. I talked to Gary Krein from All-Star Charters uh, last night. I was sitting on the back of the Duckworth, <laughs> enjoying the beautiful sun. Enjoying your last night in town? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it a nice sunset there. last night? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I did not see the sunset. <laughs> uh, I was in bed. But, uh, man, it was nice sitting down there on the boat just looking out. And it was flat, calm, and beautiful. Talked to Gary. He said, yeah, the, the Ling fishing is continued to be great down there still a lot of subs but him and lenny went out and um one other guy and they banged out their three keepers really fast caught a couple subs uh it's been a they're doing the sand dab shiner that's so much that's so much fun the shiners are pile perch right and and you know some of those enclosed marinas i know the folks on whidbey island aren't going to let aren't going to like this but that that was my place to always jig them with a sabiki rig is go into that langley marina on on uh on on whidbey island and just you know jig up some of those and they were great and they're hardy they as are as are flatfish they'll they'll keep overnight as long as you got any kind of water flow through a through a cooler or a live well or whatever they're gonna they're gonna do it but that's number one robo that is the funnest way to catch lings is, is with live bait oh for sure yeah absolutely so man the shrimp openers this week guys wednesday in the sound the 20 uh I, I mean, how many people hit the shrimp opener every year in Puget Sound? A all of them. If, yeah, all, <laughs> of them. all the people. Everybody. <laughs> and you talking about electronics. I mean, use your electronics to find those shrimp, um, you know, uh, 180 to maybe 300 at the most. 180 to 280 is pretty standard. But you can find those shrimp. You can find the clouds of shrimp on those slopes and, and drop right on them. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, we got we got really short openers, especially in the Hood Canal and some of these places. So you kind of got to get out there and hover around the spot you want to drop on and kind of meter it out. And once you find a spot, you can find you find that that fuzz down there. Um, 
the, that's those shrimp stacked up on the bottom. You you stake your claim and you kind of hover around that spot. Maybe lay a waypoint on it, and that's where you bomb your pots on there, and uh, you'll load them up. So yeah, the shrimp opener this week's a big deal, and then that Springer deal on the Columbia too, man. I mean, it's been good down there, and they're, and they're roping them uh, down at Drano and down that way in, in the wind. Boy, I saw a picture of Drano last week. My gosh, 200 boats on Drano. It's the damnest thing I've ever seen. I mean. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, yeah, no thanks. You guys can have yeah. that, but God bless yeah. the people that do it. And, and uh, luckily, pretty much everybody gets along, except for the one cranky banky every once in a while that gets got him. <laughs> dude, that one cranky banky. Not even kidding you, dude. <laughs> These guys got double trouble yeah. hooks on, on wiggle warts, and they get a guide boat too close to them. <laughs> Those aren't mosquitoes, dude. They're they're tossing those wiggle words right at your well, head. Don't ask, don't ask me how I learned that. It, it, <laughs> they arrested a guy down there last week. Uh, the guy was trying to take <laughs> out the boats, man. He was hooking right at the boats. Like, like wow. Uh, but they're catching fish, and, and honestly, all the boats get along. I mean, yeah. know, as long as you get in the program and get in the routine, um, everybody gets along down there, and they're catching good numbers of fish. Well, I've been seeing uh, Brianna Zimmerman's been down there nonstop, you know, one of the pro staffers from Sportco. Uh, and they've been getting their springers every trip down there. Her and her husband and, and some friends have been going down there. So super cool to see that springer fishery take off and just kind of see this trend go back the other way. Because we lived yeah. through this whole blob era here, you know, which is in the rearview mirror now. And it, things were tough for a little while, but now we're seeing everything trend back up. So that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. So anyway, also we had a question on the text toy about uh what breakaway flasher we use i mean i've i've got some far better flashers you guys recommended uh this magnetic flasher release but those far better better flashers are made by gibbs Uh, they come with a harness they're super easy to use there's also some at sportco and holiday sports they've got a magnetic release also that's it uh, bingo and so you and you're you're running one too right now too on your side of the boat and we've been running them most of the time up here so uh, I was in the shop before I come up to Sitka, and and uh, you know starting to talk about Kevin John Holiday Sports about gear. He says, "Listen, look at look at this right here, and and it snaps onto any flasher. Um, it you know it's not like the old Q Cove that slides all the way up your line, but you really don't need it or want it slide up your line, but just to get the back half of that flasher to release, and so it completely deletes flasher drag from your experience in fighting a fish as you experienced yesterday, yes, Phil." Yes. And, and so that's a wonderful aspect, especially Robbo with less experienced anglers that will quit or see the flasher and let that fish swim up behind that flasher. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in this, in, in this barbless hook era, you've, you've got guys that will, will lose fish. Close I don't to know boat. how many oh, times, sure. I don't know how many times you see that flasher, you know, and you can see the fish, the fish is out in front, the flasher is being drugged behind. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. soon as that flasher pops out there, it creates this slack yep. and people just mm-hmm. stop. Yep. They just think yep. when the flasher Every pops time. out, they're like, oh, it's gone. And they stop reeling and then Nelly screams at them. My, my, they, my, my go-to is don't quit. Don't, 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 quit. don't or, you or, quit on me. Yeah, don't you quit on me. And, and we stop. <laughs> And that, that they will they will hear that if if I get this real. I've never heard yeah. that before. <laughs> well, it's got to keep more fish on by doing that with that flasher like that oh, yeah. with oh, a oh, magnet. Yeah. And yeah. then to top it off, you're fishing with a spoon. You already got yeah. that other drag right. there. Yeah. That you put the barrel swivel on to make them spin better, well, so they don't the so that just the hook. deadens the fight. I mean, it, it does. Just, yeah. it just mm-hmm. deadens everything. And and uh, nice to have that breakaway on there. So that's uh, that you can't argue. Yep. These are both great great options. You absolutely can't argue with the effectiveness that a flasher brings to the program, even just having one on one side of the boat. 
and it'll bring fish into your gear. But that's a Hawken magnetic release, and it's a Washington-made product. I believe they're down in Woodland. They they won't respond to phone calls or emails, don't. <laughs> but which because I've tried, but uh, but you can get that stuff at at, at Sportco Outdoor Emporium. So so what else what else going on down down our neck of the woods? I mean, you know, we're gonna so, we're gonna have Todd Daniels on next to talk about that that Chinook opener, and I gotta believe, although I got no data points to to indicate it, I, I gotta believe there's gonna be a good number of Chinook already in that Snohomish system as 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 we speak. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked in with anybody up at the Wallace to see what what's up there yet, but. Um, I will as soon as I get home. The trout fishing, you know, still sounds like it's great. I mean, lots of guys going out and get their limited trout, uh, you know, with a little bit of nicer weather we're having down in Washington. That's going to continue to still be good. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing how many guys get out on the sky and, and what kind of run we have there. I'm hoping that it, you know, it kind of turns out like, what's going on on the Columbia and we, we have a little better forecast and we get a bunch of fish in there that guys can go hammer on. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I was obviously pretty enthusiastic every time I jump on the plane to come up here to Sitka, but I thought we would be seeing a, a higher percentage of, of mature fish by now. Our biggest fish, Robbo, to this point, and this has happened twice, mm-hmm. our two largest fish are hatchery fish. Mm-hmm. And, and Jeff Palcoa got one that was 21, 22 pounds. Um, our, our friend Eric Jorgensen got one that was, you know, 19, almost pushing 20, and both of those are hatchery fish. So we're seeing, you know, we're we're, we're seeing 28, 29, 30 inch, you know, what what I would consider southeast Alaska immature fish, southeast Alaska blackmouth, if you will. And uh, but you know, I, we're we're still waiting for that big push. Is there bait here in Sitka Sound? Oh my gosh, yes. You know, we've seen we've seen monster schools of herring. There was a record herring spawn here in town with a hundred some miles of spawn, Joel Martin. I believe that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when we first got to town, you could see seagulls still picking herring spawn, you know, off the surface, just you know, all over the place. It was insane. So it could be too, too much of a good thing. But one of our biggest fish came from the Cape last Sunday, right? Yeah. Flat flat calm day at the Cape. You know, 180 feet of water, just doing that power troll thing. You've heard folks talk about the highway off the west coast of Vancouver Island. That's kind of our version of the highway here in southeast Alaska is getting getting off the Cape and just getting your gear down and doing a power troll deal. Your stock in trade, Robbo, when it presents itself, is going to be mooching inside in some of your honey holes in there. Have you seen an opportunity yet to do that, or are you still you still have the yeah. downriggers on the boat right now? I guess. No, we're we're still trolling. Yeah. Some... Run that bias again, Robo. It's kind of a drop out there, buddy. Oh, sorry, we got bandwidth issues down No, here, here. Oh, dude, we got <laughs> um, Wales. Yeah. yeah, I got all kinds of issues other than that, but the, but right now, <laughs> currently, it's the bandwidth issue. But right. Uh, but no, there's been some numbers at times, but but it's been on again off again here like they pop over here and then they pop over there and then they're over there and we've had huge tides this week we had a minus three plus foot uh, uh, uh ebb here this week huge tides that are moving these fish just pushing these fish hard uh down the coast and so you know you get on them one day and you go back the next day and they're gone and, right. uh, but but we have seen some some moments where like wow we could mooch right here and, and get them you know uh, we've seen like fireweed lodge was fishing next to us a couple days ago and and we saw them mooch up a couple and and uh so it's, it's building though um just yesterday and the day before we started seeing some better numbers here and i, th- I think this next week it's really going to go when these tides back off because we just had just tons of current here uh as soon as these tides back off i think it's going to stabilize a little bit so so my 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 sitka trip kind of goes in in 
in cycles, if you will, right? And when we have flat, calm water, we are cycling out to halibut grounds. And, and we're going to spend some time. We're going to do that. And salmon becomes less of a priority. Phil yes. Spielstein yes. and his team from Yamaha and I have the next two days. We're going to get off the show here. And we're, go, we're targeting salmon specifically, you know. And, and that's there's a couple spots. With, I, I know where some lings and some salmon are and stuff like that. But we get to go down and fish the kelp. And do and we're going to do some motor mooching, too, okay. with some of the large blue bait from Joe Pyburn signature model blue label cut plugs, right? Fantastic. And, yeah, and do that stuff and, and watch the rods hit without a downrigger, right, and fish some of that shallow stuff. And, and Rob, you and I have talked about this ad infinitum that, that our, the largest Chinook in our careers have invariably come close to structure on cut plug gear. Oh, absolutely. Up along the kelp, uh, up in the rocks. Uh, those big kings, man, they hug the shoreline. You don't get many of them offshore. Those are all the schooly fish. Yep. Uh, all the big suckers, uh, they live in tight. Um, you know, and, and our capes here, we've got a bunch of capes here off Craig. I mean, Ulitka, uh, Shirikov, uh, Felix, you know, mostly Ulitka and Shirikov, though. Uh, a place called Granite, um, outside noise. I mean, those big kings come right down that shoreline in the summertime, and, and, and it's fun. We get a crack at them. I mean, you're holding the rod. You're working the bait. You're doing everything. You're setting the hook. You're doing the whole deal. Um, it does not get any better. That's what brought me to Alaska to begin with, the, the ability and, and uh, to, the opportunity to mooch cut plug herring on big trophy kings is, is why I ended up here to begin with. And uh, that's what I'm looking forward to, getting these downriggers off the boat and, and getting back to mooching here soon. Hopefully, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we can peel the downriggers off and, and get on them with the mooch. Ounces of, of a lead, maybe four or five ounce kidney sinker, six out hooks and some cut plug herring and off you go. Yep, that's that's a little bit of what we're going to do today. But the downriggers aren't coming off the boat. <laughs> I was with I, you. I was with you right up until you took them off I the boat, I love the Robo. mooch, but I... I prefer to live on my downriggers. Yeah, I, and I just Joey like, does too. I love seeing the fish on the finder, and whether I go down into the dirt for them, or um, you know, if I'm in the dirt and I see one at 50 and bring it up, I just I love like just staring at the tip of my rod. <laughs> and when it when it does happen, it doesn't always happen, but when it does, it just is. I don't know. The feeling oh, is like it's amazing. I could tell you, I felt like. A million dollars, ten foot tall and bulletproof for a guy from you know a pile of guys from North Georgia trolling yeah, along. Yeah. And we were running a, a little, you know, we we went and learned how to bump the bottom and and we had to come back into town to recover some uh, more supplies <laughs> after we, 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 we paid the price a little bit and, and you get you learn. That's you how you learn. That. That's how you learn. Yeah. And, and and then we went right back out to our spot. I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna troll this area and we scraped and we scraped and and I yelled back, I see one. It's at this depth. And he reeled down and caught that fish, and I, I felt like I, was the, I am the guide of the century. You caught a fish I identified. I'm not it's 99.9% well, yeah. pure luck, but I'm taking the credit for this one. You've been a moocher in the past too, right, Joey? Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's probably helped you in your downrigger skills because you've learned to watch for those fish in the dirt, and all. Yeah. I, I think the mooching makes it better downrigger fisherman it just makes question. you a better fisherman yeah. all around it right is. anytime you have to have the rod in your hand whether you're casting or you know fishing a float in a river or mooching when you have that rod in your hand and you're having to actually execute and put you know put you know a herring or whatever in front of that fish and present it uh makes you a better fisherman mm -hmm. it keeps you in that fishing state you know you're yeah. in there it, 
You right down, it. right down to you know jigging for right. rockfish. There right. is a, you know, there's a method to it, and and when you notice on the boat, not everybody catches them. <laughs> there's like right. one or two guys who get it and they figure it out, and then those guys catch more fish. And it's it's the same every time we're on the boat with people. Guys who pay attention and learn the program. Uh, they catch more fish. Well, our next guest certainly has had a rod in his hand and will next weekend on the Sky Comish opener. We're going to pop out of here and come at you with a jam-packed hour two, kicking off with Todd Daniels' Tall Tale Guide Service right here. The Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App.